This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. We want to hear from you. As a Daily Drive listener, your feedback is important to us. Please take our short survey about your listening preferences to help us improve your experience with automotive news podcasts. The survey will take about two minutes to complete. Just go to autonews.com slash podcast survey. Again, that's autonews.com slash podcast survey. We appreciate your help and look forward to hearing from you. Welcome to Daily Drive for Monday, July 24th, 2023. I'm Jake Neer in Detroit in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, wholesale used car pricing is set to rebound. Stellantis commits to a second U.S. EV battery plant, and Unifor is taking a less adversarial approach to contract talks than the UAW. Plus, Audi sales chief Hildegard Vortman joins the show. The Audi brand is just on the dawn of a really large product initiative. It's actually the largest product initiative we've ever seen on the Audi brand ever. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Barring any surprises, used vehicle market analysts don't expect to see steeper wholesale price declines in the second half of 2023. Cox Automotive chief economist Jonathan Smokes says he thinks the worst of the used vehicle market will soon be behind us. I am optimistic that every month later this year will actually create strength in the used vehicle market. Because again, it sort of goes back to affordability. We're back to vehicles depreciating. If anything, uh, this May and June are probably going to turn out to be the worst May and June in history for used vehicles losing value. But used vehicles losing value is actually a good thing for the people who've been sitting on the sidelines not able to find a vehicle at the price point uh, they want. Wholesale used vehicle prices fell 4.2% in June from May. That's according to Cox Automotive's Mannheim Used Vehicle Value Index. Cox says that's the largest index decline since an 11.4% plunge recorded in April 2020. You might remember that pandemic that was wreaking havoc at the moment. June's sizable decline followed a 2.7% drop in May and a 3% slip in April but Cox does not expect the remainder of 2023 to deliver declines like those. AutoNation says net income dropped 28% in the second quarter as gross profit from new and used vehicles continued to decline. Second quarter net income was $273 million. That's a drop from $376 million in the same quarter last year. Revenue remained flat at just under $7 billion. AutoNation says it took an after-tax charge of $12.4 million in the quarter because of weather-related losses. Stellantis and Samsung SDI are teaming up on a second battery plant in the U.S. That's as the automaker works to develop a supply chain to support its electric vehicle ambitions. The companies are already building a battery plant in Kokomo, Indiana. They expect that facility to begin production in 2025. Now they've signed a memorandum of understanding to build another facility slated to go online in early 2027. They haven't announced a location for the second plant. And Unifor President Lana Payne is signaling that Canada's auto union will take a different approach to this summer's contract negotiations than its UAW counterpart in the U.S. 
Payne says Unifor respects the UAW and that the U.S. Union is representing its own members. Unifor has its own job to do. We have our own members to represent. We have uh, a different situation in Canada, and uh, we're going to chart our own course in this bargaining, and we'll chart our own course as the union that we are. Payne's comments to reporters came after she stood alongside Stellantis North America's COO, Mark Stewart, in a joint appearance at a Toronto-area plant which produces the Chrysler 300 and the Dodge Charger and Challenger. Contrast that chummy atmosphere with UAW President Sean Fain, who recently tossed aside a decades-old handshake tradition with Detroit 3 CEOs, saying he'd shake hands with the company executives when they offer a good deal for workers. Unifor formally launches contract negotiations with Stellantis, Ford, and General Motors in about three weeks. And those are today's headlines. Coming up, we'll hear from Hildegard Vortman, head of marketing and sales for Audi. That's next on Daily Drive. Your service check-in process sets the tone for your customer's entire visit. Do your customers wait longer than five minutes to check in for service? Are your advisors presenting upsells to every customer every time? How often is the opportunity for a trade appraisal missed? When your service drive gets busy, these inefficiencies directly impact revenue. Give your customers the option to handle the entire check-in process themselves. From appointment scheduling through final confirmation in under two minutes, customers have the experience they want while selling themselves, which means your advisors are freed up to focus on profit-producing activities. It's a win-win for CSI and your revenue. Introducing a smarter service lane, GoMoto is the self-service kiosk designed to grow your business. If you're ready to start increasing revenue, improving the customer experience, and maximizing service efficiency today, visit GoMoto.com. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jake Neer with Kellen Walker. Audi sales boss Hildegard Vortman started off 2023 under a lot of pressure. Within the VW empire, no one doubts the competence of Audi's engineers or the ability of its designers to create elegant premium vehicles. Still, Audi did too little in 2022 compared with its premium competitors, Mercedes-Benz and BMW. Now, Audi is getting ready to launch what Vortman calls the brand's largest product initiative ever. She spoke with our own Larry Veliquette at last week's MLS All-Star Game in Washington, D.C., which Audi sponsored at Audi Field. Hildegard Vortman, head of marketing and sales for Audi AG. Welcome to Daily Drive. Thank you, Larry. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. We are in Washington, D.C. We went to the uh, MLS soccer game last yeah. night at Audi Field. And Larry still looks a little tired. I'm, I'm a little <laughs> tired. Uh, so tell me uh, where you think Audi is, Audi of America is right now in the U.S. with its, with its marketing plan, with its uh, sales goals. Yeah, I mean, look at the results. Uh, clearly, when we look at half year's results, I'm very proud of the team. They've done an amazing first half which obviously means they have to do another amazing second half. So that's, that's always the side of it. But yeah, seriously, I think um, great performance. Uh, we, we really geared up on all the areas, but especially proud to see the electric cells going up as well. So I think the team has done a really good job in making sure that the Audi brand progresses and that we fulfill the targets here. So more to come, watch this place. And um, I said to the team, I think uh, this could be another year being the best of ever for Audi brand. And I'm excited to see that happening. So this year, actually just recently, uh, Cox Automotive came out. We looked at inventories of 
electric vehicles. And the inventories are starting to build, but so are sales. I don't think it's as pronounced in the premium sector where Audi plays. Mm. But what do you see as the major hindrances in the U.S. to to move solely as a brand uh, into the EV space? Well, I'd rather see chances and opportunities. I'd rather see that we're making good progress on the Q4. We, as you know, we just launched a Q8 e-tron, and I see customer demand is really good, and we see people getting really excited about the idea. And I think in the end, as always, it's all about having the right product concept. And I think Q8 e-tron obviously delivers that exactly right product concept for the consumers to buy in. And um, you know, given that range anxiety and all these early start problems that electric mobility had, they are sort of gone and people realize that this is no longer the topic. It's more about like charging speed and availability of charging infrastructure, etc. So I think there's great opportunities in there and um, I'm happy to see that happening. And when you look even at a, at a niche model like the RS e-tron GT, um, there's a lot of emotional excitement around it. There's a lot of aspiration into this. So. I think this is this adding to the Audi brand very, very strongly. And e-tron is already, after that short time in the market, such a well-known label, such a well-known brand mark, that I'm very confident that we can really build on this. And the Audi brand is just on the dawn of a really large product initiative. It's actually the largest product initiative we've ever seen on the Audi brand ever. And um, you know we're going to launch more than 20 models in the next two and a half years. And over 10 of them being electric. So I think, you know, we have the right things tuning into wherever it's needed. You know? So we will have electric offer in each and every segment there. So I think for the U.S. customers, that's that's a great choice. And they can stay within the Audi brand, whichever different segments they want to, want to go into and what their different needs are. And so for me, it's exciting times for the Audi brand with the electric mobility. here. So uh, Audi was one of the first non-Tesla brands to, to venture into this space uh, with the original e-tron. That was now, what, five, six years ago, mm -hmm. right? What lessons did you learn from that first effort? Well, I think if I, if I would put it down into one sentence, I would say courage pays off. You know, we had our Progress 2030 strategy, and we clearly committed to that as of 2026, any new model out of the Audi brand globally would be electric only. And, um, you know, at that time, you remember, a lot of people were thinking like, what? Impossible, it cannot be. Yeah? But I think doing this courageous statement at that time helped us to really focus the whole company, focus the whole Audi team into the right direction. And it made it happen. And I think that's part of the reason why we're so successful with this now, because we had that clear direction, that clear understanding where to go with the brand. And this helps us now in, in going forward. So I think this, this shows the progress that Audi stands for. I want to talk a little bit about the discussion I had with Oliver Huffman earlier this year about mm -hmm. a, a new plant. And I know that we also discussed a new manufacturing plant in the U.S. Uh, I, you prepared to announce anything today for that? <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I think uh, everybody knows well that, and, and certainly the U.S. dealer investors know very well for me that I'm, I'm, you know, the U.S. market is very close to my heart and I'm, I'm really interested in in us. I, I see so much opportunities for us in this U.S. market. And I'm aware what it means to have a local production U.S. and not just Mexico. So we have, as you know, we have San Jose Chapa and it's, it's an amazing plant. Actually, I've just been there a couple of days ago. And if you see how they are progressing, if you see what, what they're doing to this plant, I think Tarek Manzu and the whole team are doing an amazing job there. But of course, I'm aware of all the regulation and all the stuff that makes good sense why, why there might be a chance of having a plant as well in the U.S. So watch this place, and I think we're all aware of this. And um, whenever we have the news, you're going to be right in there. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Can you kind of go through the arguments for and against? I mean, I, I know this is still a topic I'm at the board. Where are the general 
arguments for and against fall. Yeah, well, as you say, it's a topic at the board, and that's right. where we leave it. So um, <laughs> I will not. <laughs> so I, I can't make you CEO for, for no, definitely not for three but, minutes. And... <laughs> um, no, definitely not. But look, I think it's it's good. We do, we do our homeworks in the board, and then when it's time to announce, we announce. Okay, your dealers would certainly be anxious for their. Yeah, and, and you know we we, do, we, do, we 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 are in great contact with them, and I'm, I'm really proud of the good relationship we have with them. And um, I'm personally closely um, related to them, and we connect a lot of times. And it's it's great to see how this partnership is working, and that's going to continue. You know, we we are strong partners in here. We have the same ambition to grow. We we have a joint understanding of where the future can take us to, and everybody's buying in and committing to this. Which gives me so much power into this. So I think we we can we can really drive on a big scale here together with our investors. Let me ask you about. There's been a little turmoil uh, in in Ingolstadt recently. Does that flow down at all to the to dealers here? Do they see or feel yeah. or contact you about any of this? I think our dealers are so experienced in the automotive industry, just like you are. Nobody is surprised if there's some, you know it's all human beings. There's a lot of emotions going on and. These things happen, but they go as well. And I think the the main thing for us is now to really be focused on what's happening. And again, we have the largest product initiative in our history ahead of us. We need all hands on deck. We need everybody to be 100% focused on this. And that's the spirit in there. We're in to, to win this, and we want to show that we can deliver on this. And that's what everybody's up to now. I want to ask you a product question, too. So the sedans have obviously always been a very central mm-hmm. part of Audi's experience. But the sedan market is shrinking. Do EV sedans have a different life or a different uh, customer base than ice-powered sedans? Well, I mean, first of all, as you know, the, the, the Q line, so all our SUV line is actually bigger and more important in the Audi portfolio than the sedan side. So mm-hmm. I think Audi as a brand shifted already into the SUV side very heavily. And um, if you look at the, the Q5, for example, produced in Mexico, is the world's uh, best-selling car that we have in terms of volume. Uh, but then equally, if you look into Q7, Q8, um, Q8 e-tron, um, I think we, we have this whole huge offer on the SUVs. But on the sedan side, I think with the concept cars, with the spheres, we've shown how the interior of a car is changing, how this becomes much more of a, of a, a living space, much more of an urban space in the car. And with that, I think the importance of or the, the chances for sedans are quite different now because you could you could convey in a, in a different interior that is... Um, more modern, more aspiration to to what the modern um, living style is, and that could have a chance in there. Yeah, but I think we should not forget. I mean, in the end, it's the consumers who decide that whether we like it or not. So the consumers looking for their active lifestyle, I think the Q models will be equally important to them. So I wouldn't see a big shift now going all back into sedans, but um, I think on the electric side there is more chance. And I think if you look into a few steps further ahead, um, the real game changer will be autonomous driving then. And then I think we're back into discussing whether sedans might have a different opportunity there. And then, but then those sedans will not look like the sedans look today. So I think they will look really, you know, we design our cars now from the inside to the outside. So we do the interior design, the interior space framing, everything first, and then go to the exterior design. And um, I think that that offers new opportunities as well for any of the segments. So. I think the time's a little bit gone where you just do a model and the successor model, successor model, successor model, successor model. You rather go for different concepts and try to make sure that you always catch the latest spirit that goes in terms of consumer demand, in terms of consumer change, lifestyle change. And um, I think that's always been the Audi strength to, to capture these, these, this essence into, into the cars. Let's talk about financing for a moment. The collapse in leasing has been pretty dramatic in the U.S. 
with rising interest rates and leasing was an important part of the Audi portfolio. Have you you've been able to replace it, uh, and Daniel and his team here, Daniel Weissman, you've been able to replace it somewhat, but are you eager for interest rates to go back down again? Well, uh, I'm, I'm eager for being able to offer the customers whatever way they want to go with our cars. And I think that's, that's our duty. We should make sure that our consumers can tap into the brand on whichever price point they are in and have the best offer they can do. And um, so you, it would be too short-sighted to look only on this one thing or on the other thing. We, we have to make sure that we have a consistent portfolio with a consistent financing and leasing opportunities. And that's really what we have. And as you know, we have great partnerships here with the um, um, Volkswagen Financial Services colleagues. And uh, perhaps they have the, the, the scale that we have as a Volkswagen group in here, we have so many opportunities. So I'm not worried about that. Hildegard Workman, thank you very much for being here thank on you, Daily Larry. Drive with us. Always appreciate it. Thank you. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jake Neer in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News journalists CJ Moore, Mark Homer, and Vince Bond Jr. for their reporting for today's podcast. And two special shout outs to David Kennedy and Lennart Vermka of our sibling publications, Automotive News Canada and Automobile Volca for their reporting as well. You can get the latest news on product initiatives, retail, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation with Motional's Balaji Kanan about what it takes to run a robo taxi business. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.